Welcome to St. Martin of the Fields and welcome to great sacred music. <clears throat> Our theme uh, today is the COP26 climate emergency conference taking place uh, in Glasgow. Something's, something's changed in the conversation about the environment in the last few years, maybe uh, especially uh, during the pandemic. It's gone from a a niche concern for creation care to a universal panic about climate emergency. And while panic isn't always the best way in which to make your most important decisions, it certainly concentrates the mind. Uh, and we're going to be exploring in the course of the next half hour or so together uh, different aspects of the climate emergency through the music that the voices and you yourselves are going to be uh, singing. So the first dimension we, we could say of, 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 of the catastrophe is, is, is the sense uh, that this used to be a conversation about the care of creation uh, and that it's slowly dawning on most people that this isn't actually really about the creation because the creation will find a way to go on. It always has for 14.8 billion years or so. It's, it's us that's in danger here, much more than the creation. This isn't just about losing a few species. This is about losing the human species. I think that's what suddenly captured people's imaginations in the last year or two. Uh, it's, a, it's, if you like, a, a slow-burning version of what the Cold War was about, the threat of nuclear annihilation, the sense that human life as we know it could be taken away. But there's also other dimensions to it, and we're going to explore those together, uh, one of which is the profound sense of grief uh, that all these environmental threats have a human cause. It's not a crisis coming from the outside. It's not one of those films where, a, where an alien spacecraft is coming to Earth and is going to, you know, we're doing this to ourselves. Uh, there's a sense of lament for human participation in destroying habitats for other creatures, uh, of course there is, um, but really what's at the heart of it, certainly in a context of a, a building like this, is a call for repentance and a new way of living. So it's our tradition uh, at Great Sacred Music, which we've recently resumed. This is about the fifth GSM we've had back in the building since, uh, since I guess, since we decided it was safe to do so. Uh, and our tradition is at the beginning and the end to sing a hymn, all of us, uh, together. We're going to now sing Earth's Fragile Beauties We Possess, which is a lament for the fragility of the beauties of the earth and the self-destructive marring of God's image in us and in the creation of which we are a part. But, says the hymn, by joining the pilgrim song, we're drawn into the chorus of the communion of saints, following the joyful procession of the people of God, in and through all ages to the heavenly shrine of the kingdom of God where pilgrims find their rest. Some of you during lockdown will have been entertained by following morning prayer with the Dean of Canterbury, Robert Willis, that he's the one whose cat keeps inter interrupting him when he's reading the prayers outside. And many of you have seen that on YouTube and elsewhere. Anyway, he's the person uh, that wrote this, this hymn, maybe most famous for his cat, but possibly in the long term more famous for this particular hymn. We remain seated and the voices stand and lead us as we sing Earth's fragile beauties we possess. 
A couple uh, more dimensions of the uh, climate emergency. I, I guess the third one, having already shared two, would be the sincere optimism that the ecological crisis is something that can be significantly addressed through public policy uh, initiatives, legislative change, regulation and prescription. The great debate in environmental circles has been between the idealists who want to promote a different way of life that's not based on a predatory relationship with earth, sky and seas, and the pragmatists who want to focus the movement on achievable regulative legislation. And you can see that, that balance, and of course they, they need each other. Neither group can do it on their own. And then perhaps a final question lies uh, less in the preservation of the planet and its inhabitants, including us, but also about what else is being lost, qualities that can't be assessed or measured. How do you quantify the value of a bird's song if that bird uh, becomes extinct? How do you estimate the impoverishment of a sky without the waft of beating wings if many bird species become extinct? Even if the planet can survive humanity's prodigal path of self-destruction, it seems that something precious, beautiful and irreplaceable will inevitably be lost. So, to cheer us up after that rather miserable uh, in words of introduction, uh, a couple of John Rutter anthems. Uh, you, if you say nothing else for John Rutter, he, he does cheer you up. So, first of all, for the beauty of the earth, one of his best known anthems, I would, I would say, um, inspired by a hill near Bath. I remember that because Bath is my hometown. Uh, the words of uh, For the Beauty of the Earth originate in the Thanksgiving after communion prayer of the, book, the old 1662 Book of Common Prayer in the phrase, Our Sacrifice of Praise and Thanksgiving. Uh, Francis Pierpoint, who wrote this, constantly links earth and heaven physical and spiritual throughout this well-known hymn, which of course has become an equally well-known anthem. And then the second John Rutter anthem we're about to hear, There is a Flower. It's a, a, a wistful piece to words by the 15th century poet John Orderly, written in the mid-1980s. And this is one of these intra-Cambridge intra uh, compositions. It was written at the request of the legendary organist and choir director at St. John's College, Cambridge, George Guest, and was first sung at an Advent carol service. And in many ways, Advent is the appropriate season of the church's year in which to reflect on creation, because it's that balance between the creation that we have now and the new creation that God will bring us sooner or later. Let's enjoy these two Russell anthems together.
Well, two, two more anthems in uh, a similar spirit, but in slightly different directions. Take My Life, uh, of course, again, uh, like the one we've just previously heard, uh, For the Beauty of the Earth, uh, a very well-known hymn, also, interestingly, based originally on a quotation from the Book of Common Prayer. Uh, some part of your memory might remember these words. We offer and present unto thee, O Lord, our souls and bodies to be a reasonable, holy, and lively sacrifice unto thee. Those are the words that inspired uh, this hymn, but they weren't inspired by a hill outside Bath. They were inspired by Francis Ridley Havergal going to spend uh, the inside of a week with a group of 12 other people at a country home and converting all of them by the weekend quite a formidable woman. Uh, you can't argue with the last line, ever, only, all for thee. I think the most memorable part of this memorable hymn uh, here um, set by Paul Kellner. And then uh, Melanie Damore, uh, a fascinating woman who is an African-American who was raised in Alaska, now lives in Oakland, just outside San Francisco, uh, and her uh, composition about trees. This is what she says about it herself. Trees are shelter. Trees are sanctuary and symbols of antiquity and strength. Trees are the living embodiment of the passage of time. They endure scarring and disease, and they become gnarled and creaky, yet they remain steadfast. They can grow despite the changes happening around them. Trees live in harmony with their surroundings much longer than humans do. They are always an inspiration, especially in winter, when their skeleton forms can be seen against the pale sky. And of course, trees in the Bible form the beginning of the Bible with the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. Uh, they form the end of the Bible with the leaves of the tree that are for, for the healing of the nations. And then, of course, the tree that is the cross is at the center of the Bible story. And um, Melanie Damore is very much aware both of those ecological themes that I just read to you and of those theological themes in her composition. And we're going to hear those two together now.
Well, it's time for us all to sing together again now, and we're going to sing praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation, uh, a hymn with an interesting history, originally written in German in 1680 to go with a folk tune, today known as Lober den Herren, became famous and was known to be Kaiser Frederick William III's favorite after he heard it sung on a visit to the mines in Prussia in the year 1800 and was translated by uh, Catherine Winkworth, the great uh, 19th century translator of German hymns, to whom we owe so many of the German hymns in our regular hymn books today. But it's fascinating that whereas salvation in 1680 was seen in terms of angels playing harps on clouds, by the Victorian era it meant health and social progress. One critic, this is my favorite criticism of any hymn, I think, one critic described Winkworth's rendering of this hymn as an example of muscular Christianity tinged with Philistinism. 
Um, it is worth noticing how in each of the verses we start by addressing our own soul with the news of God's glory, and then we turn to one another to pay heed to what God has done. So we remain seated, and the voices again will stand and lead us as we sing praise to the Lord. Well, we're coming towards the end of Great Sacred Music uh, for this week. Uh, do join us for choral classics on Sunday afternoons or for Great Sacred Music each Thursday lunchtime uh, at one o'clock, both here in the building and uh, for our friends online. Um, the good news is that there are now no fewer than four ways to contribute to uh, St. Martin in the Fields uh, as you retire, those of you um, 
who were in the building, uh, you can go on the website, you can text, you can swipe your card uh, as you leave. Um, of course, going on the website and texting are available to you guys watching online as well. Don't, don't forget that. Um, and in a new innovation, you can put cash in a basket. I know that's beyond the technology of most of us, but uh, that is a new thing that we have recently introduced. So just, just for you. So exciting developments all the time. Uh, anyway, if you'd like Great Sacred Music to continue, you'll understand that the pandemic has been very difficult for us at St. Martin's. You know what to do. Uh, we're going to finish with sent by the, by the Lord am I. Uh, I mean, there was a recent uh, Church of England report on the matter of race called From Lament to Action, and you could say it's uh, a similar theme around the environment. It, it, there's plenty of lamenting to be done, but it's time for action, clearly in Glasgow and around the world. And this is very much a, an action-sentimented uh, uh, song. Sent by the Lord am I, it comes from Nicaragua, it reminds us that we're called to, by God to foster the kingdom of God on earth. The task is ours, we can't leave it to the angels. Here's a setting by the prolific uh, arranger, uh, Jeff Weaver. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>